We've got a lot to look forward to this NFL season. What storylines should you be following? Let me take you through a real fantasy football draft. Let's get this going. What's going on, listeners? Welcome back to another episode here on the Sean's Take podcast. The NFL season is getting closer and closer. Preseason is now over, and the next step is to get into the NFL's regular season. Week one is just a couple weeks away, and we're going to be talking football this week, and we're going to be talking football next week as well to get ready for the start of the NFL season. So today's agenda is going to be talking a little bit fantasy football in the beginning of this episode and following that up with some of my top storylines to look out for this NFL season. And then next week, don't miss our episode because I'm going to be giving my final predictions for the 2023 NFL season. We will have MVP predictions, Super Bowl predictions, Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year award predictions, Coach of the Year, and much, much more. We go division by division, breaking down what I think the standings will look like, what I think the playoffs are going to look like, and then, as I said, ultimately, who the Super Bowl champion will be in the 2023 NFL season. So today, we're starting with fantasy football, and a lot of fantasy drafts are going to be taking place between today, the day this episode airs, and the start of the season. So I was fortunate enough to get my big fantasy league draft done before this episode so that I can share with you guys some draft thought here and some strategy. So I posted a bit about this draft on TikTok. So some of you may know how this draft went or what I was looking to do, but I want to break it down for you and tell you where my thought process was and help you get comfortable for your upcoming fantasy draft. Our previous episodes, we've had some episodes covering fantasy football and draft strategy, and now I want to actually live it with you and go through my draft. So this was a 14-team PPR league that's point-per-reception league, and I had the number eight overall pick which is actually one of the worst picks to have in a 14-team league, but I think I walked away with a league-winning roster, and I'm going to tell you why. So 14 teams is obviously a very big league. A lot of leagues are 10 or 12 teams, so you'll get better value here too, but you can see my strategy in this, and you can follow similar strategies in smaller leagues as well. So pick number eight. Initially, I went in thinking... I'll take Bijan Robinson or Saquon Barkley here, get a RB1 solidified. But then I realized, and why I said pick number eight is the worst pick in a 14-team league, is you're in a dead zone in round two. Receivers aren't the best. Running backs are pretty gone. The top two running backs I could have gotten with my second round pick would have been Jonathan Taylor and Ramondre Stevenson. The top two receivers I could have gotten would be Calvin Ridley and T. Higgins. I wanted to avoid falling into a dead zone there. So I went very bold and tried to get a quarterback wide receiver stack in rounds one and two. And I did that by taking Stefan Diggs with pick number eight and Josh Allen in the second round when the draft snaked back to me. Normally, as you guys know, I'm against taking quarterbacks super early. There's great quarterback value later in drafts, but 
when I was going to be in that dead zone, I wanted to maximize my boom potential. So I got fireworks getting a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs stack. The Bills are going to throw the ball a ton like they always do. Stefan Diggs is going to have 110 plus receptions, 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns, and Josh Allen's going to have an MVP type campaign. So I can stack those two right off the bat. I know week in, week out, I'm going to get major upside production from both of these players. Now, what's that do? It sacrifices the running backs because I didn't take one in round one. And in our league, we had a major run on running backs from pick nine through 14 in the first round. Bijan Robbins, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs were the six picks following me taking Stefan Diggs, which meant there's not a lot of running backs in round two available. So with that being said, I'm happy that I was able to go Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, because let's say I took Bijan Robinson right there. I'm coming back, not getting a great running back or receiver in round two. So instead I get my QB one, who's going to really carry my team in round three, it came back and I knew I needed to get a running back. Now, if you saw my plan, I did flow charts on this on TikTok. My plan for round three, four, and five was to go running back, running back, running back to really solidify that room. Now I was banking on getting Aaron Jones or Najee Harris or Joe Mixon in round three, but round three started the picks before me with Ken Walker, Joe Mixon, Chris Olave, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Travis Etienne, and Jameer Gibbs all going before me. I was not expecting that big of a run on running back. So it left me with Miles Sanders, a guy who I'm high on, but a guy I would rather be my second running back than my first running back. So now I knew I really need to hit on running backs. Round four came back and I took James Conner, another guy like Miles Sanders I'm high on. If you listen to our episode three, four weeks ago, I did Running backs being drafted outside the top 10 who have top five potential. Miles Sanders and James Conner both have immense potential because they are the three down workhorses on their teams. And as long as they stay healthy, they're going to get the touches to produce in fantasy. Round five, I think, was where I can really win my draft. I took Alvin Kamara. He's obviously going to have that three game suspension to start the year. So you're sacrificing your first three weeks. But when he comes back, he is going to get touches in the New Orleans Saints offense. And I was pretty confident with my start of Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Miles Sanders, James Conner. I can go one and two in the first three weeks of the season and stay afloat. As long as I don't go 0 and 3 through the first three weeks, it's a win. If I'm one and two and then get Kamara back in my lineup, I'm feeling very good. And I think Allen and Diggs can carry me to at least one win in my first three weeks. So I get Kamara there to really give me my RB1. The guy who should be my RB1, I'm getting in the fifth round. If he wasn't suspended, he'd probably be a second round pick this year. So I'm extremely happy with that value. And then I knew I need to go receiver. So round six, I take Mike Evans. Not the flashiest guy this year. And obviously he's fallen in fantasy drafts because there's no Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, but the Bucs are still going to have to throw the ball. Baker Mayfield's the starting quarterback. He has produced good fantasy seasons for receivers before. And Mike Evans is kind of a lock to go for a thousand yards. We know the streak is alive. He's never not had a thousand yard season in the NFL. He's chasing that Jerry Rice record and he's good for a thousand yards. So I went Mr. Reliable here in round six because I know he's going to give me production just by default of his role in this offense. He's going to give me production. So I got him as my wide receiver too, which I'm not disappointed about. In round seven, I wanted to go wide receiver again to have three running backs and three receivers, but there was a run on wide receivers the past two rounds and Quentin Johnston of the Chargers was the highest rated receiver available for me. And I did not want him in this situation. I'm not big on a crowded receiver room 
in Los Angeles. If it's not Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, I didn't want a charger receiver this year. So I was looking for the value and Dalvin Cook was still sitting on the board in round seven. Now, obviously he's going to have a timeshare in New York with Brees Hall, but if Brees Hall doesn't come back as strong from that ACL injury, or if he does have to miss some time, Dalvin Cook's going to be an RB1. Dalvin Cook was a first-round pick in fantasy drafts last year, like a top-five pick with the Minnesota Vikings. He's just as good this year, but he's going to New York to play with Aaron Rodgers and this Jets team that's going to be a very good football team, and he's going to have a role. They did not go out to sign him to not use him, so I know it's a bit of a timeshare with Brees Hall, but no matter what, Dalvin Cook's going to have some value this year, and if he really takes more snaps from Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook becomes a true RB1 again. So I'm not banking on that happening, but I'm very comfortable with him being my fourth running back on my roster. In round eight, I went for some upside. Round eight and nine, I really chased after some upside with Jackson Smith and Jigma in round eight and Sky Moore in round nine. Receivers were kind of drying up and I had to find value. So JSN, rookie for the Seahawks, had a great preseason, but did fracture something in his hand or wrist. I forget exactly what it was. He may be ready for the start of the season. He may also miss the first couple weeks of the season, but regardless, he's going to have a role in Seattle's offense. And so I took him and then Sky Moore, who's going to have a role in the Kansas City Chiefs offense, because one of them is going to produce for their teams this year. I don't know which one it will be, but I only need one of them to really step up. I'm very confident that one of them is going to have a very solid year for their team and can be a reliable fantasy asset for me. I'm not saying both of them, are going to be the focal point of their teams this year. But one of those two guys, I need to step up, and I'm very confident that at least one of them will. So that's going to be my third receiver, my flex play there. I have good options. Right now, let's say it's it's week four and Kamara's back. I can play four running backs that I'm confident. Miles Sanders, James Conner, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook. One of them can go on my flex, or two of them can go on my bench, because obviously my receivers are going to be highlighted by Stefan Diggs and Mike Evans. They're going to take my two starting spots. So that I have a flex option where I can put Sky Moore, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Dalvin Cook, or Alvin Kamara in. I'm pretty happy to have those as my flex options right now. So that was round nine. We got Sky Moore. In round 10, I really went out on a limb. I was trying to find what I needed. I could have taken another receiver for some upside, but there wasn't anyone I really loved. What I did love, though, was the fact that Anthony Richardson was still on the board. If you've played best ball at all, you know Anthony Richardson has been, for the most part, at least before the preseason started, I know his preseason wasn't all that great. He was being drafted as a top seven quarterback on average uh, between all the different best ball sites. His rushing upside is enough to give him a lot of fantasy relevance this year. My league was not big on him. And I had no need to take a quarterback. I have Josh Allen, but getting him in the 10th round, I really drafted him to be a, one, it's insurance for Josh Allen, but more importantly, a trade chip. If Anthony Richardson, after the first three to five weeks of the season, is a top 10 fantasy quarterback, I can trade him. You notice I haven't taken a tight end. I can trade him for a tight end or a better receiver to go on my flex spot. So I'm extremely happy taking Anthony Richardson there. There was no one I wanted in this round. So I get a guy who has immense upside and can be a huge trade ship because he's not my starting quarterback. So I'm not giving up Josh Allen. But if Anthony Richardson is QB6 at the end of week five, yeah, I'll be getting some calls for him. And yeah, I can take a receiver to be an upgrade at my flex position for Anthony Richardson. So I loved that pick there and I was surprised he was available. At round eight, I considered taking him. And he was there at round 10. So I was extremely pleased with that. 
In round 11 and 12, I knew I needed to get a tight end. I went with Jawan Johnson and Gerald Everett. Jawan Johnson's one of those guys I talked about who has top 5, 10 upside in New Orleans. Derek Carr has liked him a lot. He had a great looking offseason. I think he's going to have a prominent role in New Orleans. And then Gerald Everett with the Chargers. That that team is going to air the ball out. And Everett may not be a week-in, week-out guy, but he's going to get his targets. He's going to have some spike weeks. And more importantly, Kellen Moore really featured Dalton Schultz in Dallas. If Gerald Everett gets that same look, all of a sudden, Gerald Everett's a very valuable fantasy player. So I liked getting those two tight ends. I think one of them will work out. And again, if Anthony Richardson really pans out, maybe I can trade for a tight end as well. But I'm confident in my tight end room. I didn't have to reach on one a little earlier. There are these tight end dead zones as well. And I think I hit really well. If you're not taking you know, a tight end in the first five rounds where you would be getting Obviously, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are the top two, but if you're not getting like Darren Waller or TJ Hawkinson, I'm okay waiting till rounds 10, 11, or 12 to take a tight end because I think there are value tight ends, and I don't think there's much of a difference between taking Jawan Johnson in round 11 versus Pat Frymerth in round eight when you can be getting other players to fill out your lineup. So I got two tight ends there. I think one of one of them will hit, and I'm excited about that. And then in round 13, I took the Giants defense. There was a run on defenses. I really don't care what defense I get, but there was also no skill position player I wanted in round 13. So I took the Giants. I think they're going to be a solid unit this year. And in round 14, I took Darius Slayton. Now, there's only 14 rounds in this draft, so I did not draft a kicker. I will pick up a kicker for week one, and I will drop whoever I feel like is my least valuable player. Maybe Darius Slayton, who I took. It may be one of my two tight ends. Um, I'll figure that out when the time comes, but I don't think there's a need to draft a kicker. If there's a big injury that happens, then I'm fortunate enough to have a spot open on my roster with Darius Slayton there who can maybe step up for me and then, you know, drop somebody else. But all in all, I'll, I'll be dropping somebody uh, to make room for a kicker in week one. I would say it'd probably be Darius Slayton or, or one of my two tight ends. We'll figure that out. But don't feel the need to draft a kicker. Kickers are streamable. There's really no advantage. You know, Justin Tucker's the best kicker in the NFL. He's not always the best fantasy kicker. It's all about weak matchups. Who's going to score a lot of points? And that's how you should handle your kicker. I would not recommend drafting a kicker because there's just no need to. You can drop somebody before the first game and get your kicker. So that is what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to take you through that draft. I was super, super stoked about how my team turned out in a 14-team league here. I think it's going to be a great year. And as always, if you're getting ready for a fantasy draft, message me on Instagram at Sean DM me on Twitter at Sean Join our Discord. Link some, you know, my TikTok and, and Instagram bios and ask me the questions that you have and what you're confused about heading in your fantasy draft. I will help you prepare for it. I'll help you get ready for it. And I'll help you win your league this year. So up next, we're going to talk about my favorite NFL storylines heading into the 2023 NFL season. But before we get into that, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Men talk women. Men talk sports. Finally, a talk show where men huddle. And break into real conversation, real issues, the real deal. Men for men better living. Real men, real talk. Please, stay safe and stay healthy. As a 25-year Wayne resident, Foggy's Automotives took care of all my car needs. And for real estate, everyone knows it's the Gene Lope team. Listen, we may not agree on who's the best golfer, but we certainly agree that all of our customers and clients are our friends. And we love you. During these trying times, 
we care. Let's keep our community strong. Stay safe and please stay healthy. You're listening to Dog's Day. So now let's dive into some NFL storylines that I want you to be on the lookout for this NFL season. Next week, as I mentioned previously, we're going to be talking predictions for this NFL season. But here are some storylines that I think you need to be on watch for. I'm excited to watch these, and I think you should be too. So we're going to start with one that's a question we've asked before. Can anyone displace the Kansas City Chiefs? Heading into this season, the Chiefs look like the best team in the NFL once again. And the question is, is anyone going to take them out this year? Going back to back is very hard, but the Kansas City Chiefs are in the midst of a dynasty right now with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And it's going to be interesting to see if anyone can take their spot. The Buffalo Bills, the Cincinnati Bengals are teams that come to mind in the AFC. In the NFC, can the Philadelphia Eagles get over the hump? Can the 49ers get over the hump? Will somebody else emerge in the NFC race? And then flipping back to the AFC, we have exciting up-and-coming teams like the New York Jets with Aaron Rodgers, the Miami Dolphins, who were close last year to really breaking through, and then Tua had injuries. Can the Baltimore Ravens have a year now where they really assert themselves as one of the best in the AFC. There's a lot of teams that are going to be very, very good, but will anyone be better than the Kansas City Chiefs? My next storyline is, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. How is this going to work? I think it's going to be great, but we saw Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos generate a lot of hype last offseason, and it went about as poorly as possible. Now, I do not anticipate that happening with Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to go in and dominate this year. I think he's going to be very, very good, but it is a very crowded AFC, and not everyone's going to be able to make the playoffs. So can Aaron Rodgers and the Jets have a smooth transition? They do not have an easy strength of schedule to start the season. So how is that all going to play out? And is this marriage between Rodgers and the Jets going to be as perfect as we think it could be? It's going to be exciting to watch. I can't wait to watch Jets football this year, which isn't a statement I thought I'd be saying going into this season before they had Aaron Rodgers but it's going to be exciting. Another one is the rookie quarterbacks. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Anthony Richardson are all going to be week one starters. And being a starter, week one as a rookie quarterback is no easy feat, but it's going to be exciting to watch these guys develop throughout the entire season. I think all three of them have limitless potential, which is why they were all drafted within the first four picks. It's going to be super exciting to watch these three develop. We'll see who kind of gets an early lead on their NFL career, and who seems to be falling behind, who may struggle a little bit. They're all going to have ups and downs, but they're all going to have some very bright spots as well. And I'm excited to watch them develop and excited to see what they can do in year one of their NFL careers. Now, going back to a topic we talked about about a month ago here on the podcast, and one that I'm very excited to, to watch, and I'll be covering it throughout the year, is can these running backs make a statement? We obviously know the running back market is in shambles right now, and the running backs are a very undervalued position in the NFL. So, as I talked about about a month ago, it's time for running backs who are going to be free agents next year to step up and make a stand. So, let's, let me remind you, we have Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard, J.K. Dobbins, Derek Henry, and Cam Akers all becoming free agents at the end of this season. And Dalvin Cook, too. He only signed a one-year deal with the Jets. Can these running backs really step up carry their teams to the playoffs and and hopefully a Super Bowl for their sake and reset this running back market. It's a huge season for running backs, bigger than ever. And running backs need to show that they are the reason their football teams win games. 
So can these running backs do that this year and reset the free agent market next offseason? Another storyline I'm very excited to be. This is about one singular player. Will Lamar Jackson's true potential be unlocked? Lamar Jackson, I've, I've said this for years, was capped by Greg Roman and the Ravens offense. They went run first. They did not embrace Lamar Jackson as a passer. He finally gets a system where they want to air it out, and they want to use Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Yes, he's still going to run. He's still going to have the dual threat ability, but they're going to spread out the field, which is what I've always thought was the recipe to success for Lamar Jackson. He's such a talented passer that if you spread the field out, he can make every throw. But what else happens when you have a dual threat quarterback in an offense where you're spreading the field? You create a lot more running lanes for him and a lot more free space for him to work with, which is extremely dangerous. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have a career year, and I know he already won the MVP award. I think he will have better passing numbers, and his rushing numbers should be similar, maybe a little less because there might be less designed runs for him. But it's going to be fireworks in Baltimore. I'm I'm very excited to watch this team play. I think Baltimore is going to be legit this year. And definitely stay tuned to see where I have them in my rankings going into next season, which will be next week's episode. Sorry, going into this season, which will be next week's episode. It's going to be exciting. And they're, they're going to be a legit team in the AFC. But I'm excited to see Lamar Jackson's full potential finally unlocked. I think he finally has a system that really works for him and that really embraces him as the talented passer that he is. Now, sticking with the quarterback subject, another storyline is which quarterbacks will become franchise QBs? We have a lot of young quarterbacks who are kind of in that middle and ground of, are you the future of our team or are we going to have to start looking in a different direction? So some of the quarterbacks that come to mind are Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Sam Howell, Jordan Love, Desmond Ritter, and Brock Purdy even. Are these quarterbacks going to take the next step for their franchise or Are they going to take a step back and really make these teams consider changing directions at the quarterback position next offseason? So these seven players that I just mentioned have a lot to prove this season, and we're going to see who steps up to the challenge and who maybe will no longer be a starting quarterback in the NFL come next season. So I'm interested to see these quarterbacks. I think a lot of them are going to step up to the challenge and have very exciting years, but there may be a couple too who don't deliver and their teams are going to have to look elsewhere. And now for the last storyline that we'll talk about today. And again, we'll be talking a lot more about the NFL next next week in, in my preview and prediction episode. But my final storyline to watch for right now, who will tank for Caleb Williams? USC's quarterback Caleb Williams, the Heisman, the Heisman Trophy winner from last year, is almost a guarantee to go number one, as long as he's healthy and declares for the draft, which he most definitely is going to declare for the draft. I don't think that's a question, even though he said he's not sure yet. It'll be an in-moment in decision is what he, he he classified it as. I think he's a lock to go to the NFL. He's a lock to be the number one pick. So who's going to get him? The Rams, the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Raiders, maybe even the Patriots? We're going to see teams... If they're not winning early in the season, flip the switch and try to go for that number one pick. I think more so than any other year, we will see teams try to get that number one pick in the draft. So it's going to be interesting to see who wins the Caleb Williams sweet stakes. But he is a big deal and he is worth tanking for. And I think there's going to be some teams who try to do that. It is frowned upon to tank. But when you have a prospect like Caleb Williams coming out, there's going to be some teams that try to go get him. 
So those are the storylines we're covering today. I hope you got a better sense of how your fantasy draft may look, some new strategies to implement with that quarterback wide receiver stack in the first two rounds. And really, I only recommend doing that in a 14 team league is the most ideal situation. A 12 team league is okay to do it as well, but you you will have better running backs in the second round than what I had to work with. But if you're in the middle of a 14 team league, a quarterback wide receiver stack is not a bad strategy to roll with. And I rolled with it. We'll see how it works, but I'm excited about it. And then we went through these NFL storylines, a lot of exciting things to watch out for. And again, next week, I'm releasing my 2023 NFL season predictions. You won't want to miss it. So I'll see you right back here next week. Thanks for listening to the Sean's Take podcast. And make sure to join Sean's Take on social media for more unique and exclusive content by following at Sean's Take on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok.